Some carriers will give you just one measly entertainment subscription. One is no fun. With Verizon, there's up to seven entertainment subscriptions with your unlimited plan. That's seven times the... <laughs> seven times the... No, no. Seven times the... Yeah. Music, gaming, Disney+, Plus, Hulu, ESPN+, Plus, and more. That's seven times the entertainment. Because everyone deserves better. And with plans starting at just $35, better costs less than you think. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Yeah. I love my HBCU And boy I love it, love it I love it, love it I love my HBCU And man I hope my team they won one I hope my team they won one Yeah, I hope my team they won one I hope my team they won one I tune into the HBCU Sports Lab to see if my team won a loss. If they lost, I'm quiet as a mouth. But if they won, she tap. Uh, I'ma do the dab, yeah. Dr. Cavill, he know what he be talking about. Mike and Charles, they know what they be talking about. They compress the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they won a loss. Yeah, and who's the ball? Who's the ball? So listen to Professor Yes, sir. Yes, sir. and pay attention because yes, he's going to teach a lesson. Yes. This is Dr. Leville with Inside HBC Sports Lab. The team is back together again. It is none other than Dr. Leville's Inside HBC Sports Lab with Mike Washington Charles Bishop. Mike is back, man. And Mike <laughs> has built an assignment. I got updates. He put in his payroll paperwork and he had the documentation. So I can show you, Mike really was on the side. Besides the Brazil and all that other stuff that he slid out to, I'm not sure how he thinks he's going to get reimbursed for that. But he <laughs> snuck in there and made sure he had uh, on the road in Orlando with Stephen A. Smith last week as they were down there in Orlando for HBCU week on first eight. So he was there. He provided the proof. So I'm excited, Mike. It's my understanding he did some tailgate as well. So, Mike, how you doing? I'm doing good, Doc. I appreciate it. Glad to be back after traveling. Man, that was a wonderful experience. I tell you that. At uh, HBCU Week with Stephen A. on the show, kudos to Delaware State's band. They brought it. Um, I don't know if you're doing your band ranking. I don't know if you can take that into uh, consideration. But, man, they rocked it right there, man. Delaware State? I know. I said the same thing. But they, they, okay. they, that's what a lot of people were like. I didn't know Delaware State had a band. But they, they drum line was rocking. I appreciate that, Mike. So I guess maybe we'll put in this sign. I wonder why you sent the video, I guess, for proof as well. Do you have a camera scene as if you were setting up cameras and putting it work? I'm not sure. <laughs> I, I, I'm not sure about all that. But that was kind of neat that you, you, you brought up the camera crew and stuff like that. So that was pretty good. Um, and so we'll get a shot of that as well. 
the show proof that Mike was on assignment. Wow, I can't believe it. Charles, how you doing? I'm doing well, Dr. Bill. Mike done slipped back in and brought some chicken in the hole, and man, he all good to go. <laughs> so he brought the chicken, the Twizzlers. The Miller Black and Gold beer to make sure that everybody know. Yeah, you think, yeah. There so you go. Up. Good job. That's some preset conversation that went on in the background as some folks were asking about who is squacking, how is squacking, whether somebody's a neophyte. <laughs> you know, this is second year for Bethune Cookman as well as FAMU. So that's the pictures of you see as the camera crew that Mike claimed he's setting up. I'm not sure how he got all in production for that. That was pretty neat. I was like, man, Mike, you there early. So I guess you were putting in some Mike. So we'll write your check this week. You're clear. You got out of there. So we appreciate it. But on the backstory, you had the fact that uh, um, A.D. Drew was talking about, hey, you know, you know, who's swack? You know, who's swack? And so I'm going to ask each of y'all, how swack are you, Charles? Where your swack can come in? Where your swack out? Oh, I'm a swag baby. I've just grown up in the culture. I, in the end, all I know is swag. So <laughs> I can't be nothing but swag. <laughs> swag. swag. Mike, yeah. how swag are you? Man, I got my swag hours all embedded, all up in my tats, all up in my brands. I'm telling you, I, I'm, I'm so swag. I, I'm telling you, there's nobody ain't got most swag hours than me. I like it. I like it. I'm going to try to test you. I go back to Swack to the 1920. You know, Ben L. Cavill, HBCU Football Award. We'll start talking a little bit more about who the front runners of that are. That's my great great uncle, as you know, that played uh, halfback for Wiley College, as you talk about then, really fullback is the term they used at that time uh, for Wiley College when they were winning championships, a couple of national championships he has on his resume, too, as they split one with Bluefield State. Back in the day, that's 1925 to 1929 when players played five years before they rolled out the year and said they could only play four. So that was a whole different opening decade. So, yeah, I'm back there when Prairie View and the founders came into the SWAC 1920. That's how SWAC I'm going to try to be in there. Plus the 1960s when Prairie View, his son played on the national championship teams at Prairie View in the 60s as the center for that team. So I go back to that area as well. So there's multiple ways that I could try to tease out in regards to how swack I am. Doc, watch how swack I am. And, and <laughs> uh, I could trace my lineage of swack. Uh, there's a Jackson State win over Alcorn November. I come along in, uh, in August of 73 sometimes. So ah, I might be that, that, that swack baby. <laughs> All right. All right. Since we're since we throwing out all this, I can chase my lineage back to the 1950s. They didn't have Greeks on the yard at PV. They had clubs. So I, right. I can chase my grandfather back to a club called the LDLs. So that was the, the that was the frat on the yard back then. My uncle played at UNAPV with and played ball with LC Greenwood. He'll tell you they call him Big Earl. My dad was the roommate of the late, great Otis Taylor at PV. That's how swack I am. Oh, that's swack. I'm going to go back in there. My grandfather was swack, part of the first ROTC class where everybody's known, which Mike is part of that ROTC. He was part of the first two graduates in that class in 1947. They went to World War II after that. Yes, he actually was on campus 
when WD Boys came down there, he drove him around the campus of Prairie. Yeah, that's how swag I am. And if y'all want to know, we do. How swag am I? Purvis Short used to babysit me, or any of the athletes at Jackson State had to babysit me if they got in trouble because my dad was over there athletics going on something. <laughs> oh, this is good. <laughs> so anyway, let's get back to this. We teach it out having some fun. Um, in a lot of ways, that's how you do it. I know seriousness. Those guys came at it. Um, they moved on. So we're going to move on and get into some real conversation. As it sounds like, uh, it may be, fam, you may be on the AD, finding out who they have as the AD. Uh, Tiffany Don Sykes from HBCU Game Day, at least according to them, they believe that they have several sources that FAMU has found the next director of athletics, Tiffany Don Sykes. And people that have been around HBCU sports are probably familiar with her. She's had stints in CIAA where she actually played two stars sport, uh, two stars, uh, sport player in terms of basketball. Uh, and she got it down there as well as volleyball in terms at Virginia State University. Um She's climbed up in terms of senior women administrator, currently at Dartmouth for three years, compliance director, and later appointed as senior women's administrator. Uh, she's had roles, as I said, CIAA, MEAC, and SWAC, appeared with Framlin State. as uh, She did some uh, leadership there as the assistant athletic director for compliance as well. Um, she was responsible for women's sports, baseball, uh, softball, and women's tennis, plus created the mall, which is a fueling station for GS. You students, uh, pretty early when that came out, when she was doing that. Uh, she spent time in Norfolk State for four years, the NCAA eligibility specialist. Uh, Shawan in North Carolina for three years, the director of NCAA compliance. So she's moved around and got a lot of things done in terms of building her career and resume. So if that is the case, wish her the best of luck. I've had a chance to meet her and talk to her different things. We were scheduled to actually bring her on the show a couple of times this summer, but the schedules would work out. So that's amazing when you talk about that. But any thoughts on that, Charles, in terms of this potential hire, in terms of Tiffany Sykes? Yeah, it looks like FAMU fam, has, has got their individual who's going to move them in the right direction. Uh, a very storied career has been affiliated with the SWAC uh, during uh, various stints and whatnot. Uh, I think this is a, a hire they knocked out the park. She is a very accomplished uh, administrator. I'll get your thoughts shortly, Mike, but I want to get into the SWAC Players of the Week. If you would, Charles, go ahead and provide the SWAC Players of the Week. Yeah, let's go for it. Let's take a look at the SWAC Players of the Week. The SWAC is named Jackson State, Shadour Sanders, Florida A&M's Isaiah Major, along with Southerns, Joshua Griffin, and Bashan McCray as its SWAC Football Players of the Week for their performances this past week. Let's take a look at the offensive stats, Shadour Sanders. He completed 30 of 46 pass attempts for 332 yards to go along with three Passing touchdowns during Jackson State's 26-12 over Alabama State through touchdowns of 35, 25, and 16 while uh, completing passes to 10 different receivers. On the defensive side of the ball, Isaiah Major, a key contributor all over the field in the backfield uh, as the Rattlers defeated South Carolina State 20-14. to 14. Uh, Major, he had led the Rattlers with 13 tackles, five solo with eight assists, two and a half tackles for a loss, and one sack. The specialist of the week was Griffin, played by the part in the Jaguars special team unit, connected on a 40-yard field goal in Southern's 45-13 to 13 win over Purdue. is also 6 of 6 as far as extra point attempts. And the newcomer of the week, Bashan McCray. He led the Southern Jaguar offensive tag for the second straight week with 360 yards of total offense. 
And he went 16 of 22 for 275 yards and two touchdowns to go along with 85 yards on the ground. So those are your, those are your SWAT players of the week. Good stuff. Good stuff. Shout out to all those players of the week of the SWAT getting it done uh, with big time games. Non-conference win by fam. You big one over South Carolina State. Mike, what are your thoughts on in terms of the MEAC players of the week? Man, <clears throat> not to be outdone, Morgan State senior running back, Alfonso Graham, and Norfolk State redshirt sophomore wide receiver, Daquan Felton were named MEAC football offensive players of the week. Presented by Coca-Cola, of course. Uh, the conference announced just today the year our award, uh, October 11, 2022, Norfolk Defensive State uh, back uh, Stuart Anderson Jr. was named Defensive Player of the Week, while the Spartans' Kevon King was named Rookie of the Week, and Morgan State Jr. Dexter Carr. Graham, of the, of, of the Alfonso type, racked up a career-high 203 rushing yards on 23 carries. Wow. Averaging 8.8 yards per attempt. Man, that's better than some teams average per attempt. I just wanted to put that data point in there. And the Bears lost to Norfolk State. The MEAC's leading rusher previously gave the Bears the lead with a 51-yard touchdown with a minute with a buck, 53 remaining in the game, capping off a stretch of 21 unanswered points by Morgan State. He also caught four passes for 21 yards. Now, Felton of the Daquan Felton type. Caught the game-winning touchdown pass with five seconds remaining against Morgan State. A three-yard strike to the corner of the end zone from Mr. Jalen Adams. In all, Felton caught a career-high eight passes for 94 yards, and that score in helping the Spartans pick up their first win of the season. Now, not to be outdone, Mr. Anderson, Mr. Anderson, for those of you who like uh, Matrix, uh, caught the game, uh, <clears throat> uh, recorded nine tackles, six solo, including a tackle for loss in the Spartans' conference victory over Morgan State. He also had one of the game's key plays as the Bears, uh, <clears throat> as the Bears' Graham appeared to be on the verge of scoring before Anderson forced a fumble on the one-yard line that the Spartans that later recovered. Interesting. All right, so Mr. King running back, the five-foot-eleven freshman. Rushed for 36 yards and a touchdown on four carries against Morgan State, including a 34-yard score in the first quarter for the first score of the game. And last but not least, Mr. Dexter Carr, Jr. Uh, great game. Uh, graded out at 94% against the Spartans, recording a pair of pancake blocks. I love that. Stuff. Besides the kill in, 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 uh, <clears throat> in volleyball, I love that term, pancake blocks. Anyway, I digress. Pancake blocks anchoring a Bears <laughs> offensive line uh, that helped amass 375 yards of total offense, including 259 on the ground. He did not allow a sack or commit a penalty. So congratulations to the MEAC Players of the Week. You go do it. As we say on the Hill and PB, they were ready. With that, being said, great information there. Want to give an update? It is now official, according to our sources. It is official. The Don Tiffany Don Sykes, I should say, um, is the new vice president and director of intercollegiate athletics at Florida A&M University. Official announcement has came out. Thanks for sharing that. A 
AD Drew. Um, the release is now on famuathletics.com. If you want to read and get that update, good work by hbcugameday.com, getting that information out there. Before we go to this quick break, I did want to talk about this. I'd be remiss, Coach Prime. DocuSeries coming to Amazon Prime. Makes some sense, Coach Prime. Amazon Prime, right? There's only one coach we call Prime Time, and there's only one series like this. Coach Prime is a four-episode docu-series, docu-series, I should say, that takes the viewers inside Dion, Coach Prime, Sanders, Jackson State University football program, which is shaking up the entire college football landscape uh, in so many different ways. Episodes will premiere in December exclusively on Prime Video in more than 240 countries and territories around the world. The series follows JSU Tigers at practice games in the locker room off the field and in the community amid the team's quest for HBCU National Championship during a season unlike any other. This season's unforgettable and inspiring journey includes Coach Prime's welcoming the nation's top recruit, Travis Hunter, to Jackson State and the team's exciting performances on game day. You get all that information in there is a quote in here, quote, which when Coach Prime began his job at Jackson State, the biggest challenge and the brightest opportunities facing us was the collective shine a light on HBCUs and breaking down barriers faced by the cultural important yet overlooked and underfunded institutions. We have worked tirelessly over the past few years building coalitions, forging partnerships, and developing this documentary series to encourage and create change, end quote. That's by Constance Schwartz Marini, co-founder and CEO of Smack Entertainment and executive producer of Coach Prime. We are thrilled to partner with Prime Video to expand the series audience and giving viewers a sense of cultural unique to HBCUs and behind the scenes look at Coach Prime and his efforts to level the playing field. Coach Prime is executive produced by Smack Entertainment. Michael Strahan, Constance Schwartz Marini, and Fred Anthony Smith are all a part of this. I like the collaboration with other individuals, particularly Michael Strahan, Texas Southern University, uh, product himself, Hall of Famer. Uh, they've obviously crossed paths in partnership on the suits. Uh, that he's provided Jackson State and most recently Texas Southern University. So big time, big deal. Let's go to a quick break. We'll be right back after the other side. It's time to give the poll rankings. I want to see what they think about the poll rankings. And then the second half of the show, we'll get into some true matchups. With that being said, stick with us. We'll be right back after this first quarter break. Support the Black College Sports Network so we can continue to provide you coverage. Go to myjbn.com slash support and be a part of the Black College Sports Let's get back to getting ticks instead of watching flicks. Before we can safely get out there, we need the facts on COVID-19 vaccines. Visit getvaccineanswers.org so you can make an informed decision for yourself and for your crew. Charmin Ultra Soft has so much cushiony softness, it's hard for your family to remember. They can use less. Sweet pillows of softness. This is soft. Holy Charmin. Oh, excuse me. Roll it back, everybody. Sorry. Charmin Ultra Soft is so cushiony soft, you'll want more. But it's so absorbent, you can use less. So it's always worth it. Now, what did we learn about using less? You gotta roll everybody <laughs> we all go why not enjoy the go with Charmin? maureen is saving big holiday shopping at amazon so now she's free to become maureen the marrier food is her love language and she really loves her grandson like really loves
Since 2002, Empowerment Resources, Inc., a nonprofit organization, has empowered more than 1,500 youth and adults in Duval and surrounding counties. Through its programs, Journey into Womanhood, Girls Mentoring, Life Skills for Teens, and Parenting Education Coaching. To get involved with programs, volunteer, or donate, visit www.empowermentresourcesinc.org. Follow us on social media, facebook.com forward slash empowerment.resources and instagram.com forward slash empowermentjax. The analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they want a lot, yeah, and who's about, So listen to Professor, yes, sir, yes, and pay attention, cause he gon' teach a lesson. This is Dr. Bill's Inside HBC Sports Lab with Professors Washington and Professor Bishop giving you some updates in regards to the poll rankings. Let's get into it with the mid-major shout-out for those out there, George Suggs, Leonard Blow. I hear you. I see what you're talking about, Norfolk State. They got that big win. You're ready to go. You see a path to the celebration bowl, one game at a time. I see you planning, planning. Michael D. Jones, Carlos Brown is in the building. Ricky Burton, Stephen Gaither, not going to happen. <laughs> they already chiming in. Mary Allen's in. Noel Price, Emma Price, Thomas Einstein, Maddox. Deidre Lackey is in the building. Uh, good stuff, good stuff. Edwin D. Moore, shout out. G-Boom Holly is checking us out. Donna Cross, much love. Edwin D. Moore, who else we have? LaShawn Harris is back in the building. Appreciate you, appreciate you. Who else? Herbert Bolden uh, is checking us out. Dream, Jerome Jeep Sutton is always in the building. Reginald Johnson. Christopher Darrell, I see you. George Walker. All those folks out here giving us a love. Wilton Jackson, uh, Jern, Jeron, I hope I'm spelling, saying that right here. Some Tor Black is in here. Checking us out. Hadn't seen some Tor Black in a while. Appreciate you showing us some love. Mr. Black, Travis Rose, Kay Johnson, always support. Just want to give some shout outs for those getting it. Let's get in this poll ranking and see what you think. Top teams. As we get into it, there was a team that dropped out of the top 10, which is Lane Dragons. Tough loss after that big victory last week. They fall to 3-3, three and 2-1 three, and one in the conference rates. With that being said, receiving votes. Uh, Savannah State Tigers, 3-3, three 2-2. Three, two two. Lane Dragons are also receiving votes at 3-3, three 2-1 and three, two and one in the conference rates. And Lincoln, Pennsylvania line, 2-3, just outside of the top 10, trying to find a way to get in that top 10. Give us a couple of victories. Lions of Lincoln, Pennsylvania. See if you get in the top 10. With that being said, let's get in those top 10 teams. Who is the new team in the poll ranking? It is none other than West Virginia State Yellow Jackets. They're back in the top 10 with a big victory last week. They are now currently on the season four and two, 33 and two in the conference rates. They had received 10 points as they were not ranked last week, but they're in the top 10 this week. And number nine, Tuskegee Golden Tigers. Continue their winning ways this season as they rebuild and rebound that program four and two overall, three and oh in the conference race. 19 points. They moved up a ranking last week. At number eight, Virginia State Trojans, four and two, three and one. Tough losses last week, 21 points. They fall three spots from number five last week. And number seven, Fayetteville State Broncos, 
four and two, three and one on the season, 42 points. They stay at number seven. At number six to finish up the bottom five is Bowie State Bulldogs, four and two, three and one. They jump up two spots to number six. Big matchup this week. Let's get into the top five programs. The cream of the crop. At number five, Fort Valley State, five and one, two and one. Had a big victory. They move up one spot at 62 points, bringing us to number four. Albany State Golden Rams, they continue to do what they do. Five and one overall, three and oh in the conference race. Two first place votes, 73 points. They stay at number four. At number three, we had the Lakes and the Lions. Five and oh, did not play last week. Four and oh in the conference race. Big matchup this week. We will talk about that a little bit. Still two first place votes, 82 points, but they do drop. So we have a new number two team, which is the Benedict Tigers. Six and oh on the season, four and oh in conference race. Surprising everybody with that big win this past weekend. They continue to get it done. Had that win over Fort Valley State, 88 points, previous rank two. They move up the spot. But number one, the Virginia Union Panthers, 6-0, 4-0, conference race, four first-place votes, 96 points. They put everything on the test. Can they control the team that has just beat everybody? Bowie State, which is number six, so you got a top-ten matchup. We'll talk about that on mm. Thursday. But just Ooh. let you know, let me go to you, Charles. What are your thoughts on the top 10 rankings? Ooh, top four, no issues. But I tell you what, Booker T. Washington and the remaining Tuskegee Airmen, they wondering about that nine ranking. They were they 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 three and zero in conference play. That, that's that's a strong four and two. I might bump uh I might bump Fayetteville down just a notch and have Tuskegee sitting up there at seven. Tuskegee's been impressive thus far. I can see that. I can see Fayetteville State. They hadn't had the biggest wins, nor has Tuskegee. But I can see that. Let me mm. go to Mike and see his Oh man, man, please. I, I think right now, what you what you got with uh Benedict, Albany State, Fort Valley, right now, you know, those are the top three teams. Uh, I agree with uh C V. I think you can bunk I, I think Tuskegee at three and oh, four and two, I think they need to be a little bit higher in the poll. Um, you look at their you look at their schedule compared to Fayetteville, <clears throat> that's one data point. They're about a a magnitude higher than uh, Fayetteville. So I, I would put Tuskegee up a little bit higher. That's just my simple data point. Man, I see y'all picking up on me. I feel you, though. Y'all teaming up. <laughs> <laughs> Steve again, say we don't gonna, respect the CIAA. I'm not even entertain. I'm not going to entertain y'all. I'm going to go in here and talk about my major division because y'all get back together. Mike goes out on the trips. Brings back a couple of things. Now you got the money. Now y'all want to team up. I don't know what else y'all do. <laughs> Let's get into the top 10. Major division. No team dropped out of the poll this weekend, but we do have some changes in receiving votes. Texas Southern Tigers receives the bulk of the votes outside of the top 10 with 11. They improve the 2-4, 2-2 two and four, two and two in the conference rates uh, as they get a win over Pine Bluff on the road. Tough matchup. Doing better on the defensive side than most people thought this year. Bringing us to South Carolina State Bulldogs. Struggling. Playing some tough games, but they're struggling one and three on the season as they continue to struggle quite a bit. They hadn't played in the conference yet. That's one of the saving grace. We saw what they did last year. Can they do it again? I'm not sure about that. Three overall points. But let's get into the meat. Let's get into the top ten. At number ten, North Carolina A&T State Aggies. Two and three on the season. 
one and oh, they stay in the top 10, but they drop with 18 points, one place. At number nine, you have Alabama State Hornets fall to three and three on the season after the tough home loss. They fought valiantly to the number one team, but could not get it done. They fall to one and two in the conference race, more importantly, with 22 points, and they fall, fall one spot in the stand. At number eight is Hampton Pirates, three and two on the season, over two, 27 points. They also fall a spot as they go to number eight. At number seven, Prairie View Panthers, three and three on the season, three and one in the conference race, 39 points. They dropped five spots after what happened to them at home this weekend, especially mm. in the second half. And number six, Southern Jaguars climb up the pole, four spots after their big, big third, three and three on the season, two and one, 64 points, bringing us to the top five where it gets really interesting. New interest in the top five this week is Delaware State Hornets. They continue to get it done. Did not play this week, but because of what others did and fell out the top five, it puts them in there. At number five, three and two, as they improve one spot at six nine points. At number four, North Carolina Central Eagles also didn't play, but they improve a spot. Four and one, hadn't got in the conference play. They will play on Thursday. Big matchup, time to see if they can make a move. Ninety points, as it's close between them and number three. Continues <laughs> to win. They all go on the road with their rival, Valleys Ofer. But if you know anything about Mississippi, you know this is a big game. They get it done. Pull away late, 3-2, and 2-0. And, oh, and the Braves just continue to do what they do, but they sit and remain at number three. Bring us to number two, Florida a and Rattlers, 4-2, 2-1. They move up two spots with a big road win uh, at South Carolina State. Yes, we look at the record, but anybody knows about this contest. It's just one of those dogs and cat fights in a lot of, in a lot of ways. I guess you could say dogs and snakes. If you would, they get it done. At number one is Dak State Tigers, 5-0, 3-0. Although they had a tougher game than many people thought, they still hold on to all their first-place votes. 120 points, they get it done at number one. I'm going to go to you first this time, Mike. What are your thoughts in terms of the top ten of inside the HBCU huddle report this week for week number six as Jackson State Tigers remain number one for the sixth consecutive week? No, <clears throat> no problem with Jackson State sitting at number one. But no, no problem. I'm still drinking. So that means you have some other things that you want to share. Absolutely. I still <laughs> drinking after that three of you lost to Southern. <laughs> and I'm still as a matter of fact, I still got my glass right here. You can't see it. But um after after that convincing victory and looking at what Alcorn State has done, they've been sitting there. I think Southern has warranted enough to be considered in the top five. They were they were they were picked that way at the beginning of the season. I think they've proven themselves to be in the top five. I don't know if Alcorn may be good. I don't know how good yet. We'll see this weekend. Mm-hmm. And, and Mumford State AW Mumford Stadium. So mm-hmm. I don't know. We we rank them on how they play face to face victory <laughs> and their strength of schedule. So to this point I don't know if Alcorn has showed me enough to be that hot in the rankings. Oh, wow. Well, they got a chance to show you this week. That's they get, yes, I'm from Missouri. This is a chance to show me this weekend how good they are at A.W. Mumford Stadium. Mm. Ooh, John Grant chimes in uh, with the poll rankings. I like that. Go ahead, John. Give us your update. He says North Carolina Central should be hired number four. 
Charles, what do you think? I also agree with the Eagles should be higher ranked as well. They didn't play last week. And the I last know. time they played, they got monkey stumped by Calvin. Y'all didn't <laughs> play. And, and, and that was the only reason. That's the only reason I'm going to leave them. I right want there. everybody to understand before I say to <laughs> everybody needs to understand. This is a whole ranking. This is not a power ranking where you uh-huh. talk about the strength of a team Overall, this is week to week. I need y'all to understand and go look up the definition. We in the lab class. One thing you should know when you come to the lab, when somebody puts something on the board and tells you, you need to understand the definition. Don't make up your own definition. You no, ain't got no This is Dr. Mills. Inside the you huddle report. Come on, man. Well, maybe I'm too hard on that. Go ahead. Tell me your straw. Let me well, back that. I, I, I'm I I hear you, Mike. I hear you. Well, you know, you think Southern should be a little higher, and they are jelly. Oh, that was an impressive win this past week, but they they still got that shutout sitting on that ledger from Texas Southern. That that to me is that that sits out there. That that weighs on them. North Carolina Central. Ah, that's a strong team. I I see them sitting at four, and then you know what's what's interesting is is family quietly just. You know, chugging away. That was an impressive win this past week uh, at South Carolina State in Orangeburg. Uh, so things, I guess, are going to shake out a little bit more. But I tell you what, Delaware State sitting at five. They got to prove it to the game this weekend uh, going to Norfolk State. Norfolk State coming off that big win over Morgan State. So uh, let's see if Delaware State is, has a justification for yeah, being in the top a top five yeah. team. What has Delaware State done? What has Delaware State done? What has Delaware State done? Uh, they, they won their last couple of games and they have a better record than Southern Prairie Butte. They, 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 they beat Robert Morris and Lincoln. I'm sorry. Yeah, that was, ain't my fault because y'all can't schedule. I like what Kay Johnson says. Pass out the rubric. Let me give y'all the rubric. You got to play. You play what's on your schedule. Then you win those games. Again, this is not a power ranking. I need y'all to understand it, boy. Some it, it, I don't know why y'all can't get in your head. If it's not power a power ranking, we need to we need to put some power in it because Delaware State. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 man, y'all ain't right. Let's go to this break. That's too much. Too much. Shout out for all those. Merrick says SU should be top five. Hell, they had six. You wasn't. You want to give up? I give you this. You take out a top three Alcorn State Braves. I don't care if it's at home or on the road. I know it's at home. You do that, I guarantee you, you'll find your way in the top five because Alcorn will fall. The game's ahead of you. Show it on the field. Y'all quit yeah. begging and wanting all this stuff. I understand. <laughs> it's a top matchup. You all can't negotiate your way. In this all class, all I'm saying you can't write your paper. Show you it on the field. You Delaware State credit for bringing teams like Virginia Lynchburg. I can put hey, my family together. Well, and y'all need Virginia to be Lynchburg. careful about talking about Delaware State. They do have a out of conference win over the Swag, Y'all ain't got a lot of those. They mm-hmm. beat Virginia. Careful Lynchburg. what you talk about. Everybody in terms of Virginia Some of y'all need to practice what you preach because y'all ain't got no out no non conference win. Uh, Mike, mm. uh, talk about that. Go go to the break for Mike get mad. 
He gonna turn off my mic. I don't know how he gonna do it though, but I gotta get try. You know, he didn't been out on the side. Hey, hey Doc, here, here comes the all corn contingent like that. I can't believe Florida A and M is sitting in front of us. <laughs> hey, put him on the schedule. Y'all get the chance. <laughs> With that being said, we're gonna go to our break halftime marching sport, which will brew a prairie ranking. I know they're gonna get excited about that on Thursday. Uh, we got some changes in the top five in terms of what took place this weekend. We had those two top five matches. We'll see what happened after all the corners on the marching sport this Thursday. With that, we'll get into the halftime break. We'll be right back after this and get into some matchups this weekend. Pretty big ones. Again, we'll get in those conference games, Squag, MEAC, CIAASIC on Thursday. We're going to give you some independent. And we're going to give you some classes matchup right after this break. Stick with us. We'll be back on the other side. Mm. Your ad could be ran here. MyJBN.com backslash support. MyJBN.com backslash support for more information. Free driving offers the most advanced and luxurious pickup in its class. Yeah, it rocks. From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High quality cigars plus personal customer service. Slowburn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge, featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. Visit our website www.slowburnwaco.com That's www.slowburnwaco.com Supermarket sushi, really? No. Wait, Troy, you work here? I'm never not working. Like head and shoulder scalp shield technology, up to 100% dandruff protection, even between washes. Never not working, huh? Oh, Troy, you're such a good teacher. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Never not working. Never not working. Never, ever not working. Are you serious? Never not working. Standard protection that's never not working. Head and shoulder scalp shield technology. It's like a loot machine. The analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team if they wanna love yeah, and who the ball, who the ball. So listen to Professor Yes Sir and pay attention because he gon' teach a lesson. This is Doctor Bill inside the HBC Sports Lab with Mike Washington, Charles Bishop. Great dialogue, great job, guys out there. The lab listeners are going at it. I love it. Talk too. That's what I need to know. Give me your input, though. I do like your input. Some of y'all need a calculator, though, but I do like your input. With that being said, let's get into some matchups. We do have some big ones here. We're going to go to a HBCU mid-major classic game of the week. No classics this week for mid-major, so we're going to go to a homecoming game. We're going to go to Atlanta, Georgia. Y'all know I like Clark Atlanta Panther Stadium. I know what they do in Atlanta for the homecoming. And while they might need to work on what they're doing on the field, homecoming, they know what they're doing. 
SIAC Saturday, October the 15th at 1 o'clock. Savannah State Tigers 3-3, three 2-2 and three, two and two at Clark Atlanta Panthers. 2-4 on the season. They do have two wins already this season. 1-3. Savannah State Tigers, which Savannah State Tigers going to show up? going to be interested in this matchup. None of them in the top 10. Some of them just outside trying to get that matchup. But you see this game is on ESPN+. Plus. Let me go to you, Mike. What are your thoughts between Savannah State Tigers, Clark Atlanta University, homecoming? It is the SIEC West Eastern Division, East Division, as they say on that side, matchup. What are your thoughts? Well, right now it looks like a three-horse race in that East Division uh, with Benedict, Albany State, uh, Fort Valley, and you know, Savannah's pitching for Clark Atlanta's only win is what against Edward Waters. Um, so, a, a, you know, a D2 team. So I think it will be Savannah State in a victory. Way more offense than Clark Atlanta's putting up. Way more defense than than uh, Clark Atlanta can put against. So I, I look for Savannah State. I look for it to be an entertaining game, a good game. But I look for Savannah State to pull that one out. Charles, which direction are you going with this matchup? Yeah, when you take a look at it, uh, Clark Atlanta has trouble scoring. I mean, they're they're scoring. Uh, You're not gonna points. give them no love for homecoming. I I, I, I I want to. I really want to give them love on homecoming. Uh, but they're uh, averaging only nine points a game uh, offensively. They're eleventh <laughs> in the in the conference, and they're going point. against they're going against the number one defense in the conference in Savannah State. So I, I got to go with Savannah State. They're only yielding six points a game uh, thus far in conference play. So uh, defense wins ball games. So you got to go with Savannah State on this. one. This is the one I really want to get into. HBCU Independent Non-Conference Mid-Major Division Game of the Week. Fourth Worth, Texas. Langston is on the road. As you see, they're ranked number three in the HBCU inside the HBCU huddle report in terms of the lab. 5-0, 4-0. This is where things kind of went in a different direction this last year. Again, they've played Texas Westland Rams, who are 5-1, 4-1 in the conference race. So this is a big one. They got two big matchups back-to-back, but they start here. Charles, what do you think Langston Lions will get done? Will they get it done this year, or will they fall in the same trap they did last year? This is a tough one. This is, uh, when you take a look at Langston, especially their past, uh, this past game, tremendous balance, 500 yards, a total offense. A name we don't talk about a lot, but he's one of the better quarterbacks uh, in HBCU athletics, Larry Harrington from Langston. Uh, true dual threat. He gets it done week in, week out, uh, throwing for over 250 yards. And normally he's up there with regards to rushing as well. But, I mean, he is a tremendous uh, quarterback. But they're going against Texas Wesley, and they have one loss on the ledger, but they have – Three shutouts on the season thus far, uh, Dr. Cabell. They're playing this game on the road. This will be a tough one for Langston, but I'm going to go with the high-scoring Langston Lions to get the win on the road. As Brandon King says, it's pronounced Albany. Just letting everybody know. Uh, Mike tells us all the time with his family from them points. And Edwin points out them data points is back. With that being said, Edwin says he wish he could be in Fort Worth to check out this game, but I want to know what Mike thinks. No, I'm, I'm, yeah, all things been said, I got to go with Langston. I mean, what, you know, offense, you know, 41 points a game. Mm. You know, they're allowing their deep, they're allowing the opponents 22, 23 points a game. They're high flying. They look good. <clears throat> I think they're number three <clears throat> in the Sooner Athletic Conference in total offense, number two in total defense. I think they go into and pull this one off, even though it's a very tough opponent. I, I got to go, I got to go with Langston on this one. And, yes, it, it is all bunny. My wife 
corrected me once again. My wife <laughs> and folks are from that region. You better say all bunny. And you better say all corn, not apple. Exact. All yeah. <laughs> I was correct. Y'all better figure it out. Y'all better figure it out. Yeah, you got to tell, you gotta tell the national folks. Already. Yeah. Some of y'all need to take your diction lesson in, in the deep south, or these folks <laughs> going to bop you in your head. With that being said, we're going to take our last break and get in our fourth quarter, go into our major division matchups. We got a little bonus game that we're going to break down this week as well. Stick with us. We'll be right back for our last break and get in that last segment with some of these major division games of the week. Thank you guys for what you do for HBCU Athletics. This is a fantastic avenue for, for, for all of us. This is our ESPN. So we, 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 we love what you guys do. Brian, AD, Roy, all you guys at BCSN. We really appreciate what it is that you got, you guys do for us. Well, let's say I found the one who takes me to another level. Always stays calm under pressure. Most importantly, the one that helps me discover the coolest places. This sounds wonderful. Come outside, I'll introduce you. They're here. Definitely the one. (laughs) Introducing the all-new Nissan Frontier. At CDW, we get speed as the new currency of success. Our team spends way too much time tending to outdated applications and software when they should be focused on driving application agility and innovation. CDW Amplify Development Services modernizes software and application development to help accelerate innovation and digital transformation. So you mean building new applications, UI, and mobile interfaces? Well, you said you needed to innovate more quickly. Oh, so he's a listener. To do more at scale, trust CDW Amplify Development Services. It's like a loot machine. All around town, trying to get down. Press the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they want a lot of that, and we the ball. So listen to Professor Yesler and pay attention because he gon' teach a lesson. Dr. Mills inside the HBC Sports Lab for our last segment. We're back with the professors. We got Professor Washington, Professor Bishop going into the major division. And we do have an HBCU major division classic game of the week, so we'll give you that. We're going to go to Washington, D.C., Audie Field, Truth and Service Classic. You have an Ivy League team versus a MEA team with Harvard Crimson, 3-1 and one on the season, 2-0 and oh versus Howard Bison, 1-4 and four on the season. A lot of interest here. I'm not sure when you talk about Harvard, they're 3-1. and one. Played a pretty decent schedule, 2-0 in the conference. So let me go to you, Charles. What are your thoughts in terms of this matchup? Iconic in some ways, but will it play out that way on the field? Yeah, pretty iconic matchup when you talk about uh, two quote-unquote meccas of, of education with Harvard going against Howard. Uh, but I got to go with Harvard. I think they're the more complete 
team going into this. Uh, very balanced on offense, and they play good defense. Uh, thus far, they've been 2-0 two, two in conference play. So I look for uh, the Crimson to get this W. Mike, do you think Harvard will get into that dialogue about the battle of the real HU, or is that too much cultural affinity for them to really understand that? Yeah. <clears throat> My vote would be that that's too much in that cultural affinity river valley. <laughs> so, I, but I do go with Harvard. They, you know, I think they're on top of the division. I think they're either first or second in the league in offense. Um, you look at Howard and where they're standing, their offense flutters quite a bit. So, I, I unfortunately, I have to go with Harvard on this. I see. I understand. You call it data points, as you said. Let's go in. This HBCU independent uh, non-conference major division game of the week. Tennessee State bounces back, gets a win over Bethune Cookman uh, for homecoming, but now they're on the road and they're in OBC play. This game is on ESPN. Let me go back one. The previous game that we talked about, Howard and How- uh, Harvard, it's on ESPN three. With that being said, when we talk about this game, it's in Cookville, Tennessee, OBC game, six o'clock p.m. matchup on ESPN plus. Tennessee State has to go on the road. We said they get the first one of the season, so they're one and four. Hadn't played a conference game. They're at Tennessee Tech Golden Eagles for one and four, zero oh and two in conference uh, in this matchup. So let me stick with you, Mike. What are your thoughts in terms of Tennessee State against Tennessee Tech? Can Tennessee State continue to get things done, win their first conference game overseas, and head in a different direction? I I tell you what. This is a great opportunity, even though they have to go on the road. I mean, Tennessee Tech, they're averaging, what, 22, point, uh, 22 points a game. Tennessee State's right at 21. You know, you look at the data points, they're fairly even. Score, you know, defensive-wise, they're fairly even. So you look at you look at Tennessee State, they have a fairly good shot to win this game. The problem is, which Tennessee State team are we going to get? Mm-hmm. So, uh, Very true. Very true. Good point. Charles, what are your thoughts in terms of this OVC game? Again, Tennessee State Tigers um, played some really good ball at times this year and then obviously major upset another week. Mm-hmm. So I guess that lends Mike to his point in terms of which Tiger you're going to get. But this is when it counts. This is conference play. So if they want to yeah. make a statement, they need to start with the Tennessee Tech Golden Eagles. Well, I, I, yeah, I think the big thing for Tennessee State is uh, the blueprint is just like this past week against Bethune Cookman. They got to create some turnovers. That, that defense has to show up. Uh, they got to the quarterback uh, four times this past week against Bethune Cookman. And how they have to go about winning is very much uh, the way you see Dallas Cowboys winning right now with a strong running game, uh, not not having any turnovers, and 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 letting the defense kind of take over. So I think. Tennessee State can go on the road and get this win, but you've got to feed uh, Jalen Rouse and Devon Starlin in this game and win that time of possession and kind of wear down Tennessee Tech in the second half. Brandon King chimes in here uh, as he was on the show last week. He makes the declarative statement, TSU is winning this game. Yeah. Tennessee Tech. He said Tennessee Tech is giving up 194 points on the ground. Starling and those backs should eat up Saturday. And he's right. Mm-hmm. He, they play in the hands of Tennessee State because they want to run the ball. And when they can get going, um, they can run the ball pretty successful in the season. Even in that tough lane loss, they put up 200-plus yards running the ball. They get it done again against Bethune-Cookman. So great points there. I'm going to stick with you, Charles. Bonus game of the week. This is a swat bonus game of the week. 
it is a game that is a classic in itself. St. Louis, Missouri played on Sunday and will be on the UAP Sports Network uh, Sunday at 3 o'clock in St. Louis, Missouri. St. Louis River City HBCU Football Classic features Alabama A&M and Pine Bluff. It's been a couple of years, a spring or so ago, when these two teams played for a conference championship. Mm-hmm. A&M has righted the ship to some degree. They've won two straight, at two and four on the season, two and one. Arkansas Pine Bluff started off with a couple of victories. So they have the same record, but they've lost the last couple of games as they have failed to two and four, including uh, some big losses in terms of Southern last week. But they played homecoming and played really well, a game that went back and forth with Texas Southern and couldn't quite pull out the victory as Texas Southern got it done. So they followed the 0-3 in the conference race. What are your thoughts on this matchup, of Charles? Yeah, I mean, thus far, uh, UAPB just hasn't shown me a lot uh, offensively. And, and defensively, we saw how, you know, Alcorn kind of beat them up on the ground. But I, I think this is a game that, uh, you know, Alabama A&M has momentum. They have a two-game win streak going. Uh, they're seeming to gel a little bit more. Uh, it is the Alabama A&M that we've seen in the past with this high-scoring offense. I think they're in the bottom uh, half of the swag in terms of, of, of offense. But, you know, it, it's just it's, – it's they have momentum, if you will. So I expect Alabama A&M to go on the road, a uh, neutral site game, and get the W. Maybe it might be different if this game was played in Pine Bluff, but I expect for the Bulldogs to go get the W. Mike, what are your thoughts on this matchup here? It's been tough for Pine Bluff. Uh, can they figure out to kind of list it up? That's one of the places they do play in that class that they used to play in the St. Louis. And they get it done, will the Bulldogs continue just to build a little momentum for their third? Now, the, the, the short story is I think the Bulldogs continue to build a little momentum. You just, you know, you just, I agree with CB. You hadn't seen a lot from from UAPB. Skylar Perry is like number seventh or eighth in terms of passing in the SWAC. You know, you look at, you know, you look at rushing, you look at all the stats that really matter. And you don't see UAPB really peaking at any point during the year. Usually you'll see a team peaking at some point in the year. You don't see that from UAPB. Uh, Alabama A&M has a couple of choice wins lately. Um, I see them continuing that momentum. Um, you have not seen that vaunted passing attack that you saw two, three years, uh, two couple of years ago from A&M, uh, Alabama A&M. But I think they have enough offense, enough of a balanced offensive defensive front to really uh, bring home the victory unless they just have a colossal mess-up. Good points. Uh, We got a little time left. We talked about Coach Prime and Prime, uh, Amazon Prime in that matchup in terms of what that looks like. So I want to go to Charles and get your thoughts on this. Then we have some big news that I really want to get your thoughts in terms of the stadium. What's your general thoughts in terms of uh, the primetime video with Amazon Prime? And getting a little more international. Obviously, he did that previously the first season, but now Amazon Prime has picked it up. Yeah, you get an awesome look to go even more inside the Jack State football program. And uh, it's uh, unique. It is a real family atmosphere. Uh, you have uh, a lot of uh, tremendous personalities that I think of uh, this docuseries will get an opportunity to uh, take a look at. And then uh, just some of the things that this team has kind of overcome. You know, you've had. Uh, a water crisis that they've had to deal with, uh, but they are laser focused on like this goal 
in terms of winning the Black College National Championship. They've heard all the uh, the quips, if you will, uh, you know, and and then you have these teams that are nipping at the heels, but uh, they are dead set on domination, trying to go out there and, and make that happen. So I, I think you get a, a, a closer look at this Jackson State program. Uh, they work hard as all get out, but they have fun during the process. Good points, good points. I want to get both of your thoughts on this a little more. Mm-hmm. Um, this just came out, and I know it's been behind the scenes. You've talked about a, a lot of this in a lot of ways, but Deion Sanders, at least according to the title, is motivates Jackson officials to push for a new stadium, a sense of urgency to keep Deion has pushed the Jackson City Council to roll out a plan for a new stadium. This has been uh, in the works for years, and for various reasons, state and or local, in terms of the city, the pieces of the puzzle just could not quite come together. You'd have one group it wanted in one place, another group wanted another location. You'd seem like you'd get some momentum, and it stopped. But another hurdle, at least at this point, has been clear. Deion Sanders and Jacksons are garnering national attention on a weekly basis, but they've also got the attention of some heavy hitters in their own town. Jackson City Council unanimously approved their resolution back in the construction of a new football stadium on Tuesday in hopes of helping keep Sanders in town for the long haul. We had a lot of people talk about those actions of doing in a lot of ways what's necessary to keep them there. I'd like to get y'all's points on the whole overall what look at this. Obviously, this is coming from HBCU Game Day written by Stephen J. Gaither. Quote, we've had a much success with our coach, Deion Sanders Primetime. It's just the perfect time if we're going to get a new stadium to start talking. Let's try to make it a reality. Ward 3, Councilman Kenneth Stokes said via WLBT, quote, we're all hoping that Coach Prime stays in the city for a long period of time, but a lot of college and universities are trying to get his talent. Quote, maybe if we can show as a state that we are committed to him staying and to the new stadium, maybe it would help encourage him to stay, he said. Let me go to you, Charles. What are your thoughts in terms of this arrangement? Not whether he's staying or not, but the yeah. fact that they're moving the next level to seek about the new stadium. Is this something that you think can finally get done? And is this a good step to at least try to get it done, if not? Well, I applaud the efforts. You know, um, I, I think uh, the there's a groundswell for uh, a, a significant portion of Jackson State's fan base for uh, a new stadium. Uh, it would be uh, interesting to see. But I, I've, I've talked with you about this in, in terms of was the infrastructure ready? You know, was the infrastructure ready for a unicorn to show up, uh, such as uh, Prime? And uh, thus far, uh, the infrastructure has been lacking. Uh, so it, it looks as though uh, some people have been, you know, the shoulders have been shaking, if you will, to, uh, you know, kind of make things happen and, and see what happens and go from there. But um, uh, Jackson State's uh, fan base, I think, is deserving uh, of, of uh, a stadium, of, of uh, a more yeah. modern stadium. But I'll be very honest with you, that stadium that they have now, it is a, a recruiting piece. It is a significant recruiting piece. There is not a another stadium uh, uh, in FCS that or beyond Yale Stadium that holds you know upwards of, of fifty five plus thousand people. So uh, when young men see that, that is a t- that is a tool. That is a tool that is in the toolbox of Jackson State. So and maybe I'm a traditionalist. I, I'm you know grew up in that stadium and you know it, it is uh, still significant too. It sounds like in some ways you'd rather see it maybe refurbished than a new stadium. Uh, I think what we've seen within college football, 
is the refurbishing of stadiums. I mean, how many uh, college teams uh, go out and go build new stadiums? We don't see that very often. But what we do see is they build or refurbish what they have, and it continues to be that recruitment picture. Yeah, especially when you talk about of that size. You see yeah. some a lot of schools do it, but they're much smaller because of the costs associated with building a 60,000 stadium. Sure. That tends to be what you see on a professional level. Exactly. You need a lot of tax base to help pay for that. So good point there. Let me get Mike's thoughts before we close it out. Yeah. Uh, yeah, just kind of hearing it, a couple of questions come out of my mind. Um, more so on kind of, you know, CB's last point. You know, you know, a lot of people identify with the vet. And there's been a lot of venues where, you know, folks that don't identify, identify with a certain venue, you know, you know, can that come back to hurt you? Is it better to rebuild the vet than to rebuild a new stadium? Because it's more than just, financial aspects there's an identity in the in a, in a certain facility so those questions come up the other thing is infrastructure um, does the city have the infrastructure can that become a tuscaloosa where everybody's built up around you know this program the stadium or or even a college station um you know do you have the infrastructure the sport to build that kind of environment so those questions kind of come up at least on the outset the only the other concern I have is Jackson State does not own the vet. Does it, you know, still, you know, but really, in a, for all intents and purposes, everybody going there, that's Jackson State Stadium. So, again, do you continue, do you build off of that, expand that stadium as opposed to build a whole new stadium? So, the, those are just my initial thoughts, you know, from a business standpoint and from an infrastructure standpoint. Long, long term, what's sustainable? Is it building the existing infrastructure, building around it, or, you know, starting from scratch and building something new? Great points. And when you talk about that, uh, we have a quote here. It says, quote, we're talking about economic impact in the millions. Quote, end quote, Councilman Vernon Harley says, if and when we de he decides to move on, it's going to be a loss. We need to go ahead and take advantage of all things we can do right now. And obviously you have the alternate viewpoint uh, which is from a whole different political perspective. Uh, current governor, Take Reeds, uh, was quoting when he was asked a whole different question. He went in this direction. So it's somewhat even hard for me to quote this, but to tell the full framework, I will put it out to quote. I don't even like the state building stadiums when general tax dollars, end quote, Reed said last month. <laughs> quote, I'm not really excited about Jackson building a football stadium, end quote. Yeah, we didn't hear much of that Brett Favre. I know he wasn't the governor then, but he was around the chicken coop. So it's interesting to see. Uh, wonder and when you really look at it, how many Jackson other state, state things that he's funded. Jackson State in regards to that, so of full control of the Veteran Memorial Stadium. I won't, won't put that out. Yeah, there. that's that's the other thing I was going to yeah. get out there is that you have some folks that just make statements and you don't even get under. But state that again, because I want to make sure folks are clear on what you just said in terms of who has Jackson, control of Yeah, Jackson State does have control of uh, Mississippi Veteran Memorial Stadium. So okay. Appreciate you making sure that we educate the masses in terms of those points out there. But it'll be fascinating to listen to. With that, let's close it up. Thank you for listening to Inside the HBC Sports Lab. Make sure you share our podcast with your friends and or colleagues. I am Dr. Kenyatta Cavill, the Dean of HBC Sports. Coming from inside the lab in the College of HB Sports with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. Again, we want to thank you for listening to Dr. Bill's Inside the HBC Sports Lab with Mike Washington, Charles Bishop, 
every Tuesday and Thursday is be right back talking about those big time CIAA, SIEC, MEAC, and SWAC matchups. We're in conference season, so it gets good. Tune in Thursday at 6 o'clock. We look for all the discussion and any new news that comes up. Follow me, Dr. Kaville, on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. That's D-R-K-E-N-Y-A-T-T-A-C-A-V-I-L. That's D-R-K-E-N-Y-A-T-T-A-C-A-V-I-L. Inside the HBCU Sports Lab one on Twitter. Facebook and YouTube is inside the HBCU Sports Lab. Dream big. Continue to move forward. We will talk with you soon. Charles? Of course. Mike? Lecture. Dismissed.